It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. My name is Sam Snelling, and we are here for a uh, an episode of Rock and Radio. We're calling "In the Short Corner." Uh, it's kind of my podcast series uh, where we sit down with one individual. My individual today is—I uh, I guess I would call you my former employer. Uh, I used to coach basketball, and when I did, I worked for Jay Blossom, who is a, uh, a Hall of Fame basketball coach in the state of Missouri. He coached at Webster Groves High School for. 20 years. 20 years? 20 Man. years. Uh, it was about time to call it quits. It was. Uh, Jay, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Sam. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to this because um, coaching is something that uh, I found a deep passion for, and I think I learned a lot from you while I was at Webster, and uh, I think it's influenced a lot of my coverage for Rockham Nation. So for people that sort of uh, are aware of St. Louis basketball and, and like the history of St. Louis basketball. They know Webster Groves High School is a pretty stout and uh, and well-known program. It produces a lot of really good players over the years. Um, 
you took over the program when it was on a bit of a downswing. Uh, so I graduated in 96. Uh, Tim Moore coached for one more year. Right. And there was uh, a guy who kind of was there for, what, two years, and then, then you stepped in? Yeah, Sean Taylor was there for two years. And, um, you know... I, I, you know, I think you're probably right. It was probably on a little bit of a downward spiral, but the good thing is I don't think I would have gotten the job if it was on an <laughs> upward spiral. So, um, you know, when I got there, there was some talent too. I mean, I was just, you know, I got hired late. It was, I actually had my Waterloo, Illinois team. We were up at Mizzou camp and um, got word. I had an interview, came down and interviewed, went back, came back the next day and they offered and went back and coached my water my Waterloo team for the last time and then told them you know I was going you know going to Webster which obviously wasn't easy but um so that was you know mid-June when I got hired and mm-hmm. kind of obviously we were a little behind that first year and then you know we went 14 and 13 and then we went 5 and 19 and um I remember well the house you're in now bought the house and my wife was wondering why we bought a house when it looked like I might get fired <laughs> so but obviously we got it turned after that and you know, it's been it's been a blast the last twenty years. So, the keys of taking over a, a a program that is is in a serious downturn. I think there are some parallels uh, right now with what we're seeing at Missouri. Is is first you have to kind of work your way into establishing some kind of culture. Um, the steps that you you take to to basically get to that point where you you've got the culture established. Um, like, what are the the few keys that you look for as, as far as instilling uh, the, the level of effort and the, the work that goes involved into the players? Well, I think I think when you get into coaching, you have, and you know, I tell young coaches this all the time, I used to go to clinics and there'd be, there's so much information out there and, and, and it's all good and it all looks great on paper. It all looks great when, when they're coaching, but you've, you've got you've to come up with two or three things that you firmly believe in that are the staple of your program. And, and our big thing became, you know, man-to-man pressure defense and, you know, TTW, toughest team wins. We were, you know, loose balls, charges, offensive rebounds, all those types of things we were going to be really, really good at. And then the key is you've got to sell that to your kids because that's, you know, that, that sounds great, but that's not something that, you know, taking charges, you know, blocking out every time, being in stance for an hour every day of practice is not it's not a whole lot of fun for kids. So you got to get them to believe in that, and that's what I think – you know, over time we got kids to believe in and, and we coached our kids hard, you know, and they, you know, you hear all that stuff, you can't coach kids hard nowadays, but I, I, I still think you can. If they know you love them and you've got their back and whatever it's going to be, you know, I think kids want to be coached hard, to be honest. Yeah, I always like to uh, sort of joke is uh, to say that I either would have quit basketball or I would have been a much better player if I'd have played when you were coaching. Because I think, uh, like, Tim Moore was obviously a little bit more of a uh, little bit more of the guy who knows what buttons to push uh, on certain guys, and I, I think it would have been interesting to, to see you coaching a team that that I was on that had two kind of superstar level players, but guys that um, were a little well, more headstrong as kids. Yeah, and it, would, it would have been, you know, if that would have been my first year, that would have been diff- That would have been very difficult. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. I mean, it would have been. It's just you have to kind of establish yourself and get your kids to you know, over time to believe. And that's, to be honest, that's really all a Western kid knows right now. Uh, well, that's good or bad, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they know. That's what they expect. Well, so do you think it's, it's easier uh, to maybe take over 
uh, a program that is maybe at the bottom or not necessarily completely at the bottom but but towards the bottom and build it up rather than take over a program that has sort of established a level of success and having to maintain that success with maybe your own identity well i don't, I don't know it's easier or harder i mean it's, it's maybe the the pressure is a little less when things are when people don't have expectations and stuff along those lines but but on the other hand you want expectations because that's that's why you take jobs like webster i mean i you know i felt you know, I didn't feel pressure from, you know, the athletic director or principal, but I, I mean, you know, you feel pressure within. You want to, you know, because people at Webster care about basketball. You know, you've, mm-hmm. you've been in that gym, Robert's gym, on a Friday night when it's popping. It's the best high school gym in America, in my opinion. And, you know, you want to you want to do well for the community and stuff along those lines. But I think, you know, I, I don't know. It just kind of depends your situation. And obviously, high school, too, you're not choosing your kids. So it's whoever comes. That makes a big difference in what you're going to have coming up and, and stuff along those lines. So how many years do you think it took before you really felt like you had, had gotten the program to a place that you wanted it? Well, to be, you know what, our 5-19 and 19 team, we, we weren't real good, but we, had, we played hard. I mean, and, and we competed against teams we probably shouldn't have, and, you know, we couldn't score. We'd get beat 38-32 or something like that. But we felt like we were, we were turning it. And then, you know, the, this is crazy, but where I really felt we turned it was probably – a few years later, and you know, you talk about summer ball doesn't matter or whatever. Well, we were up at Mizzou camp, and we beat Vashon. And you know, the next day, uh, Keith Pickett called for the shootout. Back so with, th- this is Vashon of like the you know the era where they were winning multiple titles in the yeah. early two thousands. And and to be honest, they could probably cared less about that game at Mizzou, <laughs> at Mizzou summer camp. Yeah, but for our guys, that was. You know, Mizzou team camp used to be the team camp. I mean, you had Ray South, you had, you know, Lafayette, you had everybody from, you know, Jeff City when they were good, Rockbridge. I mean, it was to play on that last day at Mizzou team camp that you were pretty good. And for us, that was a big deal. Like I said, we we beat them and, and Keith Pickett from the shootout call back when the shootout was, you know, before all these shootouts started. That was the the event in the United States, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And we got a chance to play in that. And stuff like that really kind of got the ball rolling, you know, the way we wanted it to go. Uh, some of the the early guys that you f- you feel were the uh, the establishment, um, you know, I know that, that you're still in touch with a lot of those guys today. Oh, yeah, I mean, I you know, Deron Harris, was, you know, was a great shooting guard for us. Um, you know, he, he was probably our first kind of real big-time player. <clears throat> uh, Jay Robinson little five foot eight point guard who came in just you know, could hawk the ball all over the place um he was the best on the ball defender i remember yeah, ever he, seeing in person he could guard the heck out of the ball yeah i mean and he loved it i mean that's just what <laughs> that's just what he did being you know, on that first championship team that went or the first team that won conference started the conference streak <clears throat> excuse me tommy jane tim belton terrence granderson i mean just you know, I don't know. There's, there's. I, I hate to leave kids out too because they were, they were all really instrumental in that. And, they, and that was a really close team that kind of, you know, set the tone. But obviously, set the tone for you know, eighty three, eighty three consecutive wins. So then the the big key turning point to your program. Uh, I joined your coaching staff. Without a doubt, that's <laughs> and that's when we won a state championship right away. So you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you and maybe a little bit of Drew Hamlin. A <laughs> little, little, little bit of Drew Hamlin. Um, so uh, I do kind of want to start with that era a little bit because, I mean, that's the one that I'm obviously most familiar with as I was, you know, deeply embedded in the program. And uh, and the, the contributions of, of not just, just Drew, but that was like, uh, so the first year I was there was Justin Taylor. 
Oh, great, uh, great players. Yeah, Justin Taylor was really good. Zach Radel was an unbelievable post player. Um, played at Umsil. Benny Ramondo played at Umsil. Uh, Lonzo Wilkerson was had just uh, graduated. I know. Uh, so he was. Yeah. So Justin was what? Uh, oh, he was six. Oh six. Oh six. Yeah. So and then Zoe was oh seven, and Drew was oh yeah. eight. And the, and the 06 team was you know Kirkwood got us. We just had a really bad first half in the district championship, and mm-hmm. you know we had a pretty nice route to get there. And then 07, we we get beaten overtime by McClure uh, North in, in the quarterfinals. So I mean, you know we we'd been building that that was our was that our third trip to the quarterfinals. So we'd been you know we our second trip. So you know we were getting close, and mm-hmm. but but all those guys here they they well you were there they bought into what we were trying to do and. There really wasn't any egos and, and stuff along those guys. They shared the basketball. They defended. They were all, you know, they were all great teammates. To be honest, I always like to say like Drew had one of the biggest egos off the floor that you yep. had ever ever come across. Like, I, and I say that with love. I mean, I yeah. love Drew. Uh, on the court, though, absolutely zero. No, and, he, he wanted to win. I yeah. mean, he, you know, he already knew he was going to Belmont and he wanted to win the state championship. That's what he, you know, it's that's what he said from day one, and he he made that happen. So now we're going to get into a little bit of like some some coaching. Um, you are known, and Webster became known for being a strict, high pressure man to man defensive team. To win your first state title, you moved off of that. Well, and some of that's well. Here's what happened: <laughs> we thought we would just kind of mess with them, and this was really our plan to mess with them for a little bit. We'd come out in this matchup zone that we we did occasionally, and it was bad. Well, they stood around and they kept standing around, and our intent was really not to do that the whole game. Right. But it just kind of, I don't know. They kept standing, and we had shots, and we just stayed with it. And I watch that on film now, and it's, I mean, it was bad. I mean, I didn't know really what we were. We were just kind of a couple guys had their arms up, and we were, you know, and they shot it and missed it, and I mean, so you know, it was effective. But that's. I don't know. That, that was just a unique thing. It really was not a plan to do that for 32 minutes. It was it was kind of see if it kind of mess with them for a few minutes, you know, a few possessions, and all of a sudden it was something we did for 32 minutes. So you took over a program that, uh, I mean, for those that know, like Webster, uh, my senior year was the first state championship. It was a, it was a program that was sort of always on the brink. I mean, a lot of elite guys came through. Um, you know, you talk about like Jim Krebs that era really elite teams the you know the the Sam Ivy Chris Ogden Paul King era uh, guys that that really probably should have broken through and never quite could um, my senior we were the first team to do it you've done it three times yeah and we're fortunate I mean I those those you know first off all those names you mentioned I mean you're talking some big time high school players and then some really good college players I mean mm-hmm. Sam you have, Ivy was a Defensive Player of the Year, and you know at Wake Forest, um, you know Paul King, I think, has his jersey retired at uh, Murray State. I mean, those are those are big time players. Mm-hmm. So it's you know obviously there's some luck involved. There's because to be honest, I, a couple of our teams, you know, we lost to uh, oh, uh, Poplar Bluff, the Hansboroughs, mm-hmm. you know, in the quarterfinal. Well, I thought we were the second best team in the state. You know, I mean, we could have. You know, easily been in the final four that year. I, I mean, I don't think there's any question we're the second best team in the state. But you know, it's just kind of your your draw and stuff along those lines. And then obviously, you know, the last two championships we had, 
you know, two great players and, and Cartier Gord and then obviously Courtney Ramey. And th- that was the thing that was unique about my time at Webster. I had really good players, really good players who bought in, but we never had, we never had a power five program in our gym until those two guys came. Mm-hmm. I mean, Drew went to Belmont, um, you know, Rayshon Simmons went to central Michigan and, you know, Kendall walked on at, at, at Minnesota and got it and ended up getting a scholarship. But for the most part, we had any ID two type kids who I wouldn't trade for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause there's a lot of stuff that goes, you know, goes with having that high level D one kid is, you know, it, we won, but there was, I said, there's a lot of stuff that goes with it too. Yeah. Uh, and the last two championship teams were, were both very, very different. Uh, the, the second was, uh, a team that had two very elite, talented, talented guys, not a lot of depth. Uh, the right. first team was a team that was very, very deep and had a lot of senior leadership. Oh, and also had these two really talented guys. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And that, that's what, I mean, that last year, is, that's what kind of made that special. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of depth. We had, you know, Ray Adams stepped up and hit big-time shots for us during the year, uh, you know, in the state championship. R.J. Wright, you know, went from being a, I don't know how tall he was, but a little way about. R.J. Wright is a is a streak snapper. He yeah. he helped uh, College of Pharmacy snap that yeah. that losing and, streak. And a great <laughs> and a great kid who put so much time in. And all of a sudden, his senior year, he was he was absolutely sensational. Mm-hmm. People talked about the big two, you know, I called it the big three because he was really really good. Yeah. So you know, we just said we had that was the thing. We had everybody kind of stepped up, and those you know, and and Courtney did an unbelievable job of leading that team, and. Uh, you know, just kind of willingness to a to a championship. To be honest, well, so uh, this past season, you coached your uh, your last year at Webster, um, turning the program over uh, to Justin Mathis, who's um, he's a younger guy, a lot of energy. Uh, yeah. So you think this program's in good hands? No, I know it is, and I, I'm really excited he got the job. I mean, I think he's I think he's ready for it. You know, we. You know, I gave him more and more responsibility. He did our inbound plays. He did a lot of our scouting with with Coach Cup, and um, you know, we gave him a, you know gave him a lot of opportunities. And I you know I think yeah I think he's ready for it. I've liked what I've seen this summer, and and uh, yeah I think I think Webster's in good hands for for a long time. And so, what are you going to do? I'm going to cheer. Uh, <laughs> you know, I know it was you know what my big thing is, and, and really the only reason I got out is is my daughter Gabby's a volleyball player at Penn State, and. And for people who don't know, Penn State is, uh, I mean, that they're like the, the Duke. Yeah, of... they've, they've had a good run. <laughs> I think they've won seven, seven national titles the last 12 years or whatever it might be. So, um, so obviously, she takes after her mom. But the, the thing was this year, you know, I would travel out there. It just got hard. I mean, it's 12 hours out there, and we drove a lot. And it was, you know, you're tired on Monday. And, and the national championships this year aren't until, like, December 21st, 22nd. I, I just didn't think it was fair to my kids and – uh, stuff along those lines, and, and plus the other thing, I just, I, you know, I'd, I'd be watching her, and I just couldn't get, you know, wondering about what, you know, Junior was doing back at Webster and, and stuff like that. I just, <laughs> I just couldn't get it out of my mind. I, I really just want to enjoy these next three years and and not have to stress over. It. But but after that's over, really, I, I mean, yeah, I'll be I'll be cheering them on. I mean, it, it's great kids. I love the staff. I love the program, and um, I'll be their biggest fan. Awesome. Uh, so let's pivot to, towards Missouri. So people that, that know you know that, that you're a Columbia guy. Um, you're a, a CUPE, if uh, memory Coop, serves. CUPE and a <laughs> diehard Mizzou fan. I mean, that's where, you know, I 
vaguely remember going to games at Brewer Fieldhouse. I remember being at the first Mizzou game at the Hearn Center, and I don't know. I don't think I missed a game probably till you know, I went to college at Central Missouri State. So, being that big of a Mizzou fan, you understand not only the history but sort of uh, the, like the the program that Conzo Martin is taking over. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time in the history because uh, I think, for the most part, a, a lot of people are pretty excited about what what Zoe has been able to build in the last couple of years. Obviously, the uh, the excitement level of the Porters has uh, has sort of waned and gone away at this point. Um, and you've also been down to, to kind of watch their practices and to see what what it is he's he's trying to instill. Um, you know, real quick, I, one of the things that most impressed me about him was, you know, with the Porters. And obviously, some just horrendous luck. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I ever remember an interview where it was "woe me" and you know, here's an excuse, here's an excuse. I don't think. I, and I could be wrong. I just don't think I ever heard him, you know, use that as an excuse. He just kept, "I'm going to keep coaching." I think he kept coaching who he had and kept. And that's all you can do: just coach who you have and coach him hard and try to make the most out of. I mean, I, I can't think of just a worse situation to have two of the best players probably in the history of Missouri come there to play and you get, you know, one year out of them. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just think that's, that's incredibly unfortunate, but I, you know, I think he's, you know, I think he's rebounding from that. And I think he's got the program headed in the right direction. So historically Missouri has come close to, to breaking through. I mean, you, I think most of the people listening to this will know pretty well, like the, the Norm Stewart era, uh, particularly in like the late '80s, early '90s, when he really kind of had Missouri um, being mentioned among the top programs. Yeah, um, I mean, Norm. Norm, you know, the big thing with me with that was just that it was one of those deals where he came from a little older generation where conference championships were as important as anything else. Because when he was coaching, if you didn't win the conference championship, you didn't go to the tournament. That was it. There was no second, third place. You had to win a conference. And I, I just think he. I think a lot of times his team by the end of the year, tournament time, were were tired. Yeah, and unlucky. <laughs> yeah, and unlucky is a big part of it too. I mean, uh, the the number of teams that and and I mean you know this like when you get into a tournament atmosphere. I mean, you're talking about a forty minute game or at the high school level even even fewer. I mean, anything can happen in that stretch. Play here, play there, and history changes. Yeah, especially when you're talking about teams that are good. Exactly. So, uh, and if you're playing in the tournament at that point of the year, you're you're yeah. facing good teams, um, you know. But but Missouri historically, as I think at this point, maybe taking a step back, it's been okay over the last. I mean, if we exclude the Commanderson um, sort of debacle three years that that sort of sunk the program to a new depth, but but they've been okay. They've been sort of like a, a middle of the road program. Uh, to get to that next level, to get to, you know, to be in the same conversation uh, on an annual basis, what what do you think Conzo Martin really needs to establish for the t- the Tigers to sort of get into that conversation? Well, I mean, what so much of what college athletics nowadays is is recruiting. I mean, it's getting players. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that's, you know, I was in San, you know, in Missouri, especially St. Louis, I would say is. I don't know about this upcoming class, but recently, and I, I think in the future, I mean, there's there's more talent in St. Louis in, in my 20 years of coaching at Webster than I could ever remember. Yeah. I mean, just year after year. I mean, and not just two or three players, but six, seven, eight, nine that that could play at you know in Power Five leagues and and be you know game changers. And you know, and 
for the most part, Mizzou hasn't gotten a lot of those kids. Now, he's, you know, obviously he's got a couple now and hopefully, you know, winning and then kids going there and, and having a good time and, you know, hey, this is a place to be. You know, that stuff all kind of builds. But it, it it's hard to – yeah, it's hard. I mean, it, and I don't know what it is. I mean, I just – I don't know. There's sometimes if I was recruiting in Missouri, I think I might – I have a hard time with St. Louis. It's tough. I mean, you get, you get ripped for – Damned if you do, damned if you don't. I think, and that's that's hard. Well, and and there is sort of, uh, you know, sometimes a disconnect between you know guys that are sort of um, high major, maybe mid major plus level guys, and guys that are maybe a step down from that, uh, and whether or not they should be recruited. And if you're not there for, you know, the the lower level guys, like some coaches might get offended. Yeah, but that's. And I, but I, I think that happens all over the country, but it, it happens more yeah. within your home com- confines. And that's and that's what makes it hard when you're recruiting in-state kids because yeah, you can you can't take every in-state kid or you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you've got to you've got to get the elite in-state kids, and then and then obviously you you know you've got it. You know, Missouri's you know I mean you know Sam Bodie, Great Church, uh, you know kids like that that you need to get those types of kids. And, and Missouri, I, I, those are the type of kids I think we've lost here recently that that we haven't gotten that would make a difference in, in kind of building a program. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the things that uh, that I've sort of uh, talked about a little bit as far as making sure that you're getting guys that are are still at your level and are, and are going to be there for a, a while. And I think you look at guys like, even like a Mario McKinney, uh, you know, a Torrance Watson, guys that are considered uh, higher level recruits but aren't like a Jason Tatum or a Brad Beal, right. uh, you know, and guys that are are going to be able to help sort of build the foundation of the program. And, and it's, you know, when Duke and North Carolina and Kansas come calling, I mean, that's, that's just harder to – it's going to be hard to get those kids. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, you know, and if you do get them, if you, can, if you get lucky and, and can get one or two, it changes everything. That's what changed Mizzou basketball when, you know, John Sumbolt and, and Steve Stepanovich. I mean, they had every school in the country, and all of a sudden you get those two, and then all of a sudden you get some momentum going, and – you know, but but if you don't get those, yeah, I think you, I agree. You got to get those. You got to get the the Torrance and, and McKinney's and 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 the, and the other guys. You know, they miss. They could go to Ohio State and stuff along those lines. I mean, they're on the right guys. Those are the guys who can help you turn it and can be there for two or three, four years and mm-hmm. and and get things going in the right direction. There's a lot of uh, angst over the upcoming class. You've gotten to see some of these guys uh, close up. Um, you know, how important do you think the uh, uh, the success of Missouri's you know program in the next couple of years would be uh, contingent on landing either Caleb Love or Cameron Fletcher. Well, obviously, you know I learned out of Webster, good players make you a lot smarter, mm-hmm. and and you know that's, I mean that's that's so much of it. I mean I I, I was my first year ever coaching, I went four and twenty one. I figured out pretty quickly you need players to win, and I'm not that smart and. I think any good, great coach will tell you that. I mean, it's it's the players, and then you try to guide them. But if you don't have players, you're going to struggle. So, I mean, it's – you know, getting kids like that would be unbelievable. But, you know, there's a lot of really good players out there. I don't think you – the problem is you put all your efforts into a couple of kids like that, and then you miss out on everybody else. And that's – I think I think the key is you hope you get those, but you can't afford to miss out on, on the other ones. Because I think you win a lot of games with – with good players, I don't think you'd have necessarily great players. In fact, you know, in say basketball nowadays and in the tournament, you're seeing a lot of mid majors. You know, with kids who have been there four years and are, are more skilled and more developed. 
you know, beating some of these big time one and done type programs. And mm-hmm. I think I think you're going to see more of that, to be honest. Well, and I, I think there's uh, there's something to be said for uh, for making sure that your your the foundation of your program has guys like Mark Smith, uh, who are are guys that are considered good talents but aren't considered one and done talents because you're going to be able to have those guys for longer and they're going to benefit your program over a longer period. Of program time. builders are going to be there for four years. They're going to help sell the program, recruit for the program, and, and yeah, they're anytime you can coach a kid for more than one year you're, he's, he's going to be around you more he's going to be better he's going to be stronger he's going to eat better I mean all those types of things yeah that's that's I think that's really important and it's also you know kind of why it's a little difficult to uh, look at the um, you know the impact of the porters in the program and maybe the porters uh, impact isn't just raising the profile uh, and <laughs> which they I think they did uh, and less on the court product as you know because Kind of like we were talking about yeah. the air. You really only got one season of Jante, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, but you went from three thousand people in the arena to fifteen thousand for a year, so you sold a lot of tickets. Even though he never, Michael never really got to play. But I mean, I yeah, I mean, and and what what I thought was good about it, it showed. Man, there's a passion about basketball in the state of Missouri. I mean, when that was going on, and they, you know, he was possibly coming and stuff. It was it was like old times, and mm-hmm. you know, because it, it had just been you know. I don't know, not to blame whose fault, whatever, but it, it just had it hadn't been like that for a while. Yeah, and it was like going to a morgue when you went into that you know basketball arena for a while. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know I think some of the uh, you know not again not to like you know I don't think I put the the blame necessarily on on you know Kim. I don't think Kim was ready for the job. Um, I don't necessarily put it on Frank because I don't think Frank was quite ready for the job. I, I think. The, the process of kind of going from the tail end of Mike Anderson, choosing Frank, choosing Kim, it just, it took Missouri down. Uh, and, and so now at this point, they've had to, uh, they've had to pay a lot of money to, to, to bring a guy like Conza Martin in and to, to reestablish the culture of Missouri basketball. No, I agree. Yeah. Cause yeah, cause we lost our way there a little bit, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Yeah. I think Missouri lost our way. I mean, it was, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, you know, Mizzou used to be on. We weren't playing or scouting, so whatever. I was watching. There was a couple of years there where you just it wasn't. Oh, Mizzou's on. You just turn it on. But I mean, it's just, it was it wasn't must see TV or whatever like it, you know, like it used to be. So you know, and, and you know, Mike Anderson, I thought had it going, and you know, and and shoot, Frank Haith, that that first year, that that team was about as much fun to watch as any I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I that was that. man, it was that was a special group and. You know, and then, you know, really since that year is when I thought it just, it just, it never really been the same. Yeah, well, so how much of, you know, some of the arguments that I hear, and I, I probably, um, you know, hear a lot more kind of being on Twitter and, and, and publishing these things than maybe you do kind of talking to um, friends who are Missouri fans, but how much of the, the, the role of like the continuity thing and, and maybe a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of complained about, the number of transfers that Frank was taking uh, versus, you know, Kim who really didn't take any transfers in other than, uh, you know, maybe bringing Jordan Barnett back home. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, there's all, like, we win the pressure man-to-man. Other teams win with zone. Same thing. I mean, Iowa State, you know, Nevada, those, those teams, we made a living with, with transfers and stuff like that. So, and you can do it that way, but then, you know, you can do it with four-year guys. I mean, I think there's just different ways, but I, I didn't say 
from Missouri there for a while. I just said, I don't, I don't know what the plan was. That's, yeah. I think that was part of the problem. You're also a big football fan. Oh, yeah. And uh, you're feeling pretty good these days. Yeah, I'm really excited about Missouri football. I mean, I think I think Barry Odom's really has really turned the tide, and um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, you I, actually you took me to my first first uh, Mizzou football game. Yeah, I mean, I you know I I, I saw Gary Pinkle once at a banquet I went to. I told him, I mean, God, thank God he came along because I you know I think I started drinking watching Mizzou <laughs> Mizzou football there in the in the late '80s, '90s, and stuff when things went. I mean that. It couldn't have been any worse than what it was, so um, yeah. I mean, it's just been it's just been a lot of fun, and you know, I, I said I'm really I really am excited. I think he's recruiting at a really high level, um, you know, and I think they're they're playing they're playing very very competitively. <laughs> so you you think that they're they're playing more competitively? Um, this is going to be a kind of a pivotal year for Barry. I mean, he he's kind of won the off season a little bit with the the Kelly Bryant thing. He's got the kind of quarterback I think that they feel will uh, lead them to where they want to go uh, and they've got a lot of guys back from a team that was really pretty good last year yeah and, and I you know what it's another thing too where you, you know you have a good AD who because there was there were games uh, what God the Purdue game you know a couple of years ago where I mean there'd be ready to run them out of town but yeah. to have patience which a lot of ADs don't have nowadays to because I you know I think he was building it you know brick by brick and I you know, and, and you don't see those when you do that at a major part. You just don't see those results right away. And you know, we didn't see those results right away. But now, now I think we're we're starting to. And and what I really like about him, even both those years, I mean, they they got a lot better at the end of the year. Now, should they've been as bad as they were early on? You know, maybe not. But they got a lot better. Um, you know, as the year went along, I think that's a sign of you know good coaching. Getting better uh, is important during the year. Starting off the year, that would help. That would help, um, and and starting off the year with a bit of a bang this year is 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 going to be tough for them. Well, I agree. Uh, well, and know. and on top of that, like you know, we still don't know what like the NCAA is going to rule as far as whether or not they're going to be eligible for for postseason play. Yeah, and when that comes, how they how they respond to that if it's bad news will be you know pivotal. But I mean. Shoot, going to Wyoming, playing at altitude your first game, and then West Virginia, that's – I understand neither one of those teams are great, but those those are not two easy games mm-hmm. by, by any stretch. And then, you know, your, you know another non-conference game is Troy, which is, you know, obviously they've beaten us in the past. So, um, you know, and then, you know, SEC, I think Florida's going to be, you know, much improved. Tennessee has to be better. So, I mean, yeah, I think there's – Tennessee has to be better? I would think. I hope. I hope. I hope they're not. I hope they're not. I kind of like being in fifty-one. No. To oh, I'm with you. No, I, I'm with you. I just. It's just hard for me to believe that Tennessee could be, with the facilities and the stadium and everything, could be that bad. I hope they are. But yeah. I would be. I don't know. I would expect them to come out of that someday. Well, and and really, it, like the the Florida win last year was one that uh, I think was was an important sort of program defining win, especially coming off of a really difficult loss. Uh, I was one of the few people, and I'm not ashamed to say this at all because I was I really was one of the few people uh, who kind of pumped the brakes after everybody else was you know again kind of overreacting to the loss and ready to kind of run Barry out of town. Um, I I think I feel like a, a lot like you do where. I feel like the program is 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 building towards something, and and 
and the, the build maybe is a little bit slower than a lot of people wanted, but but they're in as good of a place right now as I feel like they've been. I agree. Maybe since since Chase Daniels, uh, you know, going into you know his his junior senior year. Yeah, I just think a lot of the legwork. I think when they recruit, I think they know what they're looking for. I don't think they get hung up on stars. I think getting back into Texas is you know has been good. I think you know, I love Gary Pinko. I think that was a you know that was a, the golden mistake there was trying to get into recruit the South more and give up Texas when we went to the SEC, and I think that took a while to recover from. But yeah, I mean, you know, that Kentucky game last year. I mean, I mean, any sport, you're not, that's, you have a tough time finding a loss that was, was that painful and gut riching, you know. You know, we make mistakes, official makes mistakes. What I mean, that, that was, but to come back and play in Gainesville the next week and win, I mean, that's. And I, not just win, but yeah, spank yeah, a yeah, blast them. top 15 yeah, team. Yeah, blast them. And I, I think that's just a, yeah, that was, that was a sign of some, some real character and keeping, keeping kids together, you know, because. That's not easy to do in a situation like that. I mean, you could lose a team pretty easy after a game like that. Yeah, and and, and having kind of gone through, uh, you know, difficult uh, losses and being able to sort of flip the script, I think that if if they're able to uh, to stay eligible for postseason play, um, are you buying uh, your your national championship tickets? Well, I mean, <laughs> my wife laughs at me. But... <laughs> I mean, I could see Missouri going into Georgia being a really, really big game for Missouri football. And I don't know. I just hope it is. I well, mean, the early schedule does sort of stack up well for them. If, if they can kind of get past those first few yeah, early no, games and, and avoid the hiccups that they've had in the past. I agree. That's a big thing. They just haven't been very good early on at times. So if they can avoid that, yeah, I mean, it does set up. It sets up to – in a perfect world, it sets up to going into Georgia to play for – you know, the, the SEC East Championship, and then, but I wouldn't mind going 11 and 1 and losing to Georgia, and I'd have to play Alabama and <laughs> sneak it into some something, something, or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, it's just fun to be excited about, you know, Mizzou football to me again. And that's, um, I don't know. I've, I've always kind of followed Mizzou football even closer in basketball just because during basketball season, you know, you're, 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 you're scouting, you're, watching film and, you know, football season, you're kind of out of season, a little more relaxing, you know, tailgating, stuff along those lines. Yeah. Are you uh, are you as excited for Missouri uh, basketball as you are for football? Or, or Well, you know what? I, you know, I, I told my wife I am some because, you know, I'm going to go to games now. I mean, yeah. every once in a while, you know, we'd always try to sneak away on a Saturday afternoon to watch them and stuff like that. But now, you know, I can, you know, they play somebody good on Tuesday night. I can go up and stuff like that. So I, I am looking forward to going to more games and stuff like that and being – yeah, I mean, that's one of the real reasons. I hope they are better because I can follow them more closely. <laughs> yeah. That would be a little, little tougher to get a ticket, though. Yeah, well, that's that's fine. I mean, that's good. I mean, hopefully <laughs> hopefully they don't forget me, you know. So, I don't know. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to both. And, um, you know, I don't know. I think, I think they're both being coached by really good guys and, and, and really high, you know, character guys, which I think, to me, that that's important to me. Uh, yeah, and I think I think when you look at really both programs, I think you're seeing a lot more of that. Um it's 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 been a while, and we're we're on a wood table, so I'm gonna knock on wood. But it's it's been a while since you've seen really either program in the news for for something that yeah. And I, I think that's and that says a lot about them. And that's still gonna happen. It just happens with kids. Kids are gonna make mistakes. But I think they I think they're recruiting. We're talking about eighty some odd you know scholarship yeah. football players. Talking about you know thirteen basketball players, and and the odds are like every once in a while yeah. someone's gonna get in trouble. And, and I know Conzo is. You know, you hear coaches say that stuff all the time, but I, I, you know, I know for a fact that I've, I've seen him stay off guys that he, 
you know, that were possible character issues. And that's, I don't know, I think that's, that means a lot to me. I think it's important. So uh, I know that we're, we're kind of butting up against time because uh, you have a very important date with some hot yoga. <laughs> thanks, thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> um, but for, uh, for anyone that uh, is, is interested in your sort of uh, probably mostly Mizzou or Webster basketball-related thoughts, are, are you still tweeting from the at WG basketball handle, or did you give that up? I think it's at Coach Blossom or, or something like that. It's the same. Is that what it is? I, obviously, I had a kid help me put it, set it together, but I think I just changed. It's the same account, but I think it says at Coach underscore Blossom maybe. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it because okay. yeah. So you're at uh, Coach Blossom now. Okay. Yeah. So that's B L O S S O M. Shoot, I'm on Instagram now. Just got on Facebook. I, I got more social media going on. I don't know what to do with. <laughs> and and uh, th- this Sam, is... Sam, by the way, kind of <laughs> when, when we <laughs> Sam was back in the in the <laughs> primitive days of Webster basketball and social media. If without Sam, we probably would still be pit of paper on everything we did well my i remember like i remember the iphone came out while i was coaching and that i was like i was the first one to have an iphone uh and ev- like this is the original iphone and, and you know uh i swear the fact that like you know a few years went by and you finally had an iphone i was i was so happy i think i cried tears of joy you had that flip phone for for how many years a while <laughs> Yeah, Sam, Sam kind of put us into the 21st century, thank goodness. He even got a website that we had a nice. website. It was, yeah. It was on top of things. 2008 state championship team had the greatest video ever put together. So, yes, that was, that was, those are changing times for a bunch of old coaches. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take what little credit I can, I can garner there. Um, but yeah, uh, anyone that is interested in Jay's thoughts, uh, honestly, he is a, a pretty entertaining follow because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he doesn't always use the the internet as well as we would like him to, but <laughs> we're learning. We're learning, <laughs> but it's good. Uh, so give him a follow. Uh, as for for me, we'll be back uh, probably in a in a week or two with uh, more dive cuts. And I have promised um, that we have a football podcast coming uh, that will be coming soon. This month we have our our, our new voices starting. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, and until next time, we'll be back with more Rock and Radio. Thank you. Oh,